I have an announcement to make. <clears throat> After tireless efforts, countless minutes scrolling on my phone, I do not have a joke to start this episode with. Dang. So, I would like to encourage the listeners to write in with their jokes, and I'll pick the best one, and I'll give credit to whoever wrote it in. Any uh, limitations on these jokes? No. I mean, you know, don't come at me with, like, some Nazi shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was more in the ballpark of, like, or like horny joke. dead baby joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's yeah. you know. Let's keep it PG-13 is what I would say. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, welcome to the Iron Right Tattoo Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are fortunate enough to be watching the YouTube version of this special episode of the podcast, you will see we've made some changes. We have this new, beautiful setting being shot on our beautiful camera. Wow. We've got nice lighting going on. Very nice lighting. This is a, this is a big deal. This is like a monumental change. I feel like uh I feel like it looks like a podcast, you know? That was the first thought I got. I was like, "Wow. Wow. Like this looks official. It takes a lot more time for us to set up." But yeah. that's also cuz it was new and we were yeah, figuring figure stuff out. out, you know what I mean? So, I'm sure it won't continue to take this long to set up. Yeah. But like we got, we got like lighting going on you know what i mean like the lights in the shop are cut off and i've got lights set up so that way there's only light where i want there to be light you know nice ambient glow i plan on adding more lighting because i always think it looks cool when there's like 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 it would be like a purple like highlight on the side of my face you know and then maybe nate's got like a teal blue highlight on the side of his face you know so we're gonna get to that We'll but, figure it out. Yeah, I feel like this looks good. It's a nice high quality. If I were to take clips of this and throw them on social media, people could be like, dang, they definitely have a lot of followers and get a lot of views. You think? I'm going to trick people into thinking that this is a big deal podcast. That's the thing, right? Yeah. We got to trick them. Podcasting is like fishing, right? And if you're watching this episode, the clarity, the definition, you know, the color palette, all of the above, it's like I went to the store and just got some new baits. Got all new ways to trick these trick these little fish into biting my shit, you know? Jiggling them out the door. Yeah. Super excited. A little jigging, a little rigging, you know? So, I'm excited. I'm excited about the direction the podcast is going. Me Visually. Too. I think I'm glad we invested the money we did up front before episode one to get all the nice 
uh, microphones and stuff. Yeah. I feel like we've always had a pretty good audio clarity, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because I've listened to podcasts. I've tried to listen to podcasts before where it's just like a recording of like a Skype call and I just can't. I can't oh, do yeah, it. Those are terrible. I'll get five minutes into it and I'm just like, I can't listen to this. It's like uh, one of the ones I listen to, they'll have like guest uh, appearances uh-huh. on there. And, and a guest will be like a Skype call. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it kills I skip it, it automatically. Yeah. Kills the whole episode for me. Uh, maybe I'm just a snob. But now I feel like the visual clarity of our podcast matches the audio clarity. I don't know. It's allergy season and I can definitely hear it in my voice. I feel like I'm uh, on a Skype call. I think it's vocal fry, which is actually a big thing in podcasting. Wow. Because it's always like the low T dudes that like uh, talk like this. Well, if we go back to 1887, you know, like that's how they talk. Do I talk like that? No, but oh. the allergy voice is making you talk like that. Yeah. I think I talk like I don't that. Like it. I have a lot of, I think I have a lot of vocal fry when I'm not uh, animating. I so like this is me projecting my voice, but then the podcast will always devolve to the point where I just kind of like relax a little bit more and start talking like this. And I think that's where the the vocal fry comes in. Anyway, so if you're not watching this episode, I would encourage you to go watch it on YouTube or at least check it out so you can like see the difference. Yeah, message us, write us, be like, hey, good job. Everything looks great. I'm proud of what you guys are doing. You know, something to keep the demons away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> keep the keep the the, the depression at bay. Um, yeah. We left last episode on a bit of a cliffhanger. We did. Now let's recap first. All right. Okay. The last ten minutes of episode thirty-five was. We recorded on the day before your birthday. Yeah. And so I made you play 10 questions, which turned into like 13 questions to try to guess what yeah. what I got you for your birthday. Yeah. Okay. So, and the cliffhanger that we left on was that I I didn't tell. I said that people were just going to have to tune in next week to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Walk us through what happened that day. All right. So... The day's going on. I'm like wondering, oh man, what am I going to get? It's something going to be delivered. All right. And then the cake walked in. And I was like, man. Is that it? <laughs> I was like, nah, that can't be it. But is that it? You know, nah. Still what, being grateful. What that was was Roy showed up and I was like, hey, today's Nate's birthday. And he was like, oh shit, should I go get something? I was like, yeah, why don't you go get a cake? You told him that day was my birthday? Yeah, I told, like he came in at like 1 o'clock. Yeah. And I was like, hey, yeah, go to the store and get a cake. I said, I'm already getting him a present, so why don't you go get a cake? And he said, all right, bet. And then update on that, the cake is gone. It's been eaten. Dang. Uh, I didn't jo- have a single piece. Really? Yeah. You want to know how many pieces I had? How many? One. So what, your parents? Uh, uh, yeah, major- majority of it was my father eating it. My mom had a couple pieces. Luke had one. That cake was too white for me. Like he brought it in, and I just saw white everywhere. You yeah. cut into it; there was white in the middle. I was like, "Where's the brown?" You <laughs> yeah. know. Um, still grateful about it, but my preferred like cake. This is this yeah. is valuable information because he asked me what kind of cake should I get, and I was like, "I don't have a clue. Just get whatever looks good." And then he showed up with that vanilla ass cake, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Damn." 
I should have at least said chocolate. That way, at least I could have enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I'd say either top three would be, um, it's like a yellow cake with chocolate icing. Yeah. I'm with no, you on that. No particular order. I, I'm uh, with you on that. Red velvet cake. Hmm, that surprises me. I you strike me as velvet. a fun fetty kind of dude. And eh, not really. No? When I was like younger, fun my Fetty's palate wasn't as expanded and then uh german chocolate cake i knew german chocolate was gonna be on there so good you think so yeah it d- you like more like dark chocolate yeah. yeah i want that stuff like rich and like sweet but like almost bitter you know what i'm saying yeah See, I, that's my I've, problem with like milk chocolate and white chocolate and stuff like that is it's almost too sweet yeah you know yeah, I get that. I feel like with dark chocolate, I have to have milk with it. I agree, but like that's I feel like that's I part of that's part everything. of it. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, it's part of the deal. Yeah, so that's gone. But anyway, um, it gets around what like four or five o'clock, and <laughs> hold on, what did Roy tell them to write on the cake? Oh, happy birthday with an <laughs> F. Very clever. I actually didn't. That wasn't my idea, but I was like, Dude, that's. He kind of got funny. he got you on that one. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was a good one. Happy birthday, <laughs> whatever. <was> like that. <laughs> good job, Roy. I guess he can kind of be too lazy surprised. about the tea, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. What'd you get for your birthday? So four or five o'clock runs around. Um, can can I use the p word on here? The plug. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the plug shows <laughs> the, the up. The plug shows up. But what plug is he? He is my retro, retro video game plug. plug. Yeah, this dude has uh, plethora everything. You like how I threw that word in there? Plethora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you used the th on. Yeah, right. Plethora. Because I wasn't being lazy. <laughs> anyway, he shows up, and I never met him before, and I never knew what he looked like. And he shows up with this like. Like envelope for like the a post office. bubble mailer yeah. envelope. And I, and I looked at you and I was like, no, <laughs> no, you didn't. Which is the same thing you said 27 times on the podcast yeah. last week. So my guess was correct, but I never said it on the podcast. So what'd I get you? Oh, you don't, you don't hold it up for the, the, the beautiful camera and the people that are watching this on YouTube. Well, why don't you describe it this. for the people that aren't watching? Ooh. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a <laughs> Game Boy Color with Pokemon Gold. Pokemon Gold. And that is that whole generation of Pokemon games is like my childhood from like age five to like ten. Because I had them for a while, and I just kept replaying them. The ones after that were still good, but those were the ones I loved the most. I've played a ton of Pokemon. I don't think I've ever replayed a single Pokemon. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I used to always like beat it. I never like complete the decks or anything, and then just start over decks. with a different Pokédex. Oh. I never. I like, was thinking like a deck of cards. No. Um, never like Sorry, completed I'm not- it. Up on your Pokemon slang. It's okay. You know. Boomer. The Dex. <laughs> just restart it. Yeah. It's just like a whole like journey itself. So okay. So it's been a week since we recorded. 
No, because that's like two weeks. It's been two weeks. Yeah. Okay. How much time have you logged on Pokemon in two um, weeks? So I'm going to take in consideration the time that I left it on as I fell asleep. That's true. That's true. I think I'm at like 49 hours. So we'll say what? You're probably at like 43 no. I'm saying because it, it stayed on all night while you were sleeping. Because it's happened like three times. So you're like, what, 35? Yeah. Like so what's eight times three? 24? So you About like 24 hours 24, in. 25 hours. Okay. But I'm not like trying to zip through it and trying to like do as much but you as sleep, I you can. sleep for an exact eight hours every Just night. Just about. Dang. That's how long it stays on. That's schedule. You're so regimented. Not really. I'll be waking up. That's not true because I've- <laughs> seen you times you've crashed in my house stuff like that you cannot function without your morning routine yeah like we like we will be off. running late somewhere like, and instead of being shower. like oh i can't sh- i'm not gonna shower this morning you, you're like sorry we're just gonna be <laughs> extra late <laughs> yeah well like i'm not in the shower for like 30 minutes like some people uh, i'm in there for like five if we're trying to rush you know who is the absolute worst human being alive when it comes to morning routine? Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Carenti. Man. Oh, he has he has like, to do. He kinda has to. Out fail. It is a two hour process. Does not matter what time he wakes up, doesn't matter what time he needs to leave. It is a two hour process for him to do his morning routine. He's got the Bobby Light mullet. Like he if if he if we all wake up at the same time and he's the first one in the bathroom. You are not going to have access to it for at least an hour and a half. You know? Not me. I'll be in the yard taking a dump because Bobby's in the bathroom <laughs> with the door locked. Yeah, I can just imagine. It's like out there with the chickens, dropping a little loaf. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that was the recap on last week. Yep. Once again, happy birthday. You're 28 now. Well, you have been for like a couple weeks, but, you know, we pre-record episodes, yeah, so yeah. they kind of come out, you know. But this one is actually, last week we, we released the last one that we had pre-recorded, yeah. except for the lost episode. I forgot about that one. I do have I one. I it was truly lost. I, no, I have one in the can that I'm saving for like a week that we can't record and just it's have been a two drive. weeks since we've put something out, you know what I mean? Then I'll release the lost episode. Or maybe we do finally start a Patreon. And that's how, that's the only way to get access to it. <laughs> you know? You got a hard drive that says Doug can? No. That's a filmmaker term. Oh, my bad. Because when they used to record on 35 millimeter film, it would be literally in a big metal can, the film would, you know? So when they would finish recording, they would cut, they'd finish a scene, they'd wrap the project, they would say it's in the can, meaning like the film's been packaged and sent off to editing. We're done. It's in the can. I know I say some stupid shit. <clears throat> I ain't that stupid. Story of my life, man. <laughs> you do, in fact, say some stupid shit. Um... I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve on, like, the setup, you know? Yeah. Because I almost feel like I should extend this out further since I'm turning to look at you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That way I'm not having to, like, twist my head but look at you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think this works. Yours is little, in a good spot. 
Yeah. I, I think mine is now, too. I'm happy with it. It'll take some time. For sure. I'd say probably like one more, and then we'll have it right. Yeah. Get here at 6 a.m. I'm definitely happy with the way it looks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the the light that we're using to light the area could maybe be shifted a little bit more to the side so that way it's not causing that big glare behind my head on this on this artwork we got on the wall. It'll buff. That glare's pretty you know, yeah. First time Just trying to new, filter on trying it. a new location. First time. We got we got kinks to work. I mean also like I said, I'm gonna add like RGB lights around us too, you know? Yeah. I went to Big Lots this morning. I was looking to see if they had like the little ring light, selfie light things that you can do the different colors. Because mm-hmm. I was just gonna set them just like off camera, but like cast a little, little light to the little side rave. of us. Yeah, little. We'll get there. <clears throat> anyway, I'm sure people don't want to sit there and watch and listen to this episode just to hear us talk about how we're gonna set up. You know? Yeah. Maybe I'm breaking the magic. Am I? I don't think so. Like breaking the fourth wall of the magic by talking about how it's all set up. It should just like look they professional. They made a whole movie about that. About what? The fourth wall. You mean the fourth kind? No. What's the fourth wall? Ferris Bueller. Oh. It's not called the... F- I but said what movie and you said the fourth wall. No, they made a whole movie where they break the fourth wall. That's not the only movie that's ever broken the fourth wall. It was wall, like the though. first one. Hmm. I guess. Sorry. There's like, like a ghost brother. in the room and it won't shut up. Is it your stomach? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners need to understand that Nate got that water booty this morning. <laughs> My man had Taco Bell pizza and milk and cookies last night. And, and then I'm, he's like, blaming on the Taco Bell. What's wrong with my guts today? <laughs> 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 uh, anything, anything new happening in the world? Anything um, we need to touch on news wise? So you know? I found out last week Terrifier 2 is on Prime. So okay. I started that. Wouldn't call that news. You it's know. pretty old, <laughs> you know, yeah. by, by like a couple months. This is the news in, in Nathan's life. Yeah. This is big, big deal yeah, stuff. Big, big deal. He's uh, a, quite enjoyable. What's the Chinese one? I don't know. <laughs> Terrifier 2 is on Netflix. So. <laughs> no, Netflix is too expensive for my taste. Hey. Listen, I need to adjust. Hold on. I'm officially regressed 100% into who I was in high school and late middle school. I've just accepted that this is who I am. You know, I was checking myself out this morning in the mirror. (laughs) I got a Slipknot shirt on. Yeah. Cargo shorts. Yeah. Wallet chain. Uh Uh-huh. Got some DCs this week. Yeah. Because that's all I wore all through <laughs> middle school and high school. I've been wearing my hat backwards lately. You I feel have. like all I need to do is get a fitted red New York Yankees hat and wear it backwards. And I'm just. I've, you I've, had that when you were younger? I did at one point, yes. I had the black one. It was a New York Yankees hat, but I had a black one. But it Why was, was it a fitted. Yankees hat? What? Why was it a Yankees hat? Because that's what Fred Durst wore. Dang, even back then. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to look like him. Well, I'm, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, the fact that I'm into, like, 90s music and I'm collecting retro video games. Like, this isn't, like, the just phase a, I'm going through. Yeah. It's just me going back to, like, who I was. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
Well, I think in that time frame when you're in like middle school and high school, that's where you like find out who you are. And then when you become an adult and have money to buy stuff you want. Yeah. I saw a TikTok recently where a guy was like, why are millennials, millennials so obsessed with nostalgia? And I was trying to think like, okay, like really why? Right. Yeah. And I think I got it figured out. I don't want to like lean into this like oh millennial depression blah 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 but i think it's i don't think it's a millennial thing right i do think the 90s were the coolest time period because new cool stuff was coming out all the time you know what i mean it whereas now everything cool that comes out is just like for your phone you know we discussed that before but i think there was a time in history where we still kind of believed some of the lies that we were being told, you know, like things about what, what you're supposed to do with your life, college, you know, yeah. the 2.5 kids. Like there was a time where I truly remember being happy, like actually just like happy and full of hope for the future. Right. And now I feel like we live in such a volatile time in human history, especially American history, where a lot of people don't have hope for the future. Now the future is a cause of anxiety and worry and people seem so unsure of what the future holds. Yeah. But in the 90s, in that time period, the future seemed so to, for me personally, it seemed bright. It seemed like anything was possible and it doesn't necessarily feel that way anymore. No. And and I think the obsession with like the nostalgia and things like that is holding on to Yeah. That I think it just bit. reminds us of a time where that's how we felt. We felt yeah. hopeful. We held, we felt energetic. We felt like the whole world was in front of us and we just had to reach out and take it. And I don't feel yeah. like we feel that way anymore. So it's not even necessarily the games or the fashion or the music or whatever. Don't get me wrong, I love all that stuff, but I think all that stuff just serves to remind me of a time in my life where uh, anxiety and things like that weren't yeah, so prevalent. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. And I would say it even like spanned like past the 90s a little bit. I'd say up until like 2007, maybe 2008. Before like. But when did you graduate? Uh, 13. Okay. So that makes sense. Because yeah. you're basically just saying that it extended through your middle school. Yeah. You know, whereas growing mine, up, we didn't really have internet <coughs> or anything. And like, I still held on to like that youthful, like, type sure. of lifestyle. So, are you saying that you think not having access to the internet actually like helped you maintain a little bit more of your childhood? Well, when I look at that time frame. Kinda, kinda not really, because yeah. back then, like everybody was on MySpace. YouTube True. wasn't really that popular back True. then, and uh, social media in general was like kind of getting started. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Um, and like before that, like when we had like DSL internet, it was literally I didn't even use it. I was just playing like AVP on like the computer that my brother <laughs> yeah. installed. You know, AVP went hard though. But yeah. maybe that's also just the millennial nostalgia talking. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, but it's also the fact that you're so young, you're not really looking at the the adult world problems at that time, too. You know. Well, 
And I was I always. Mean, we've discussed this before, <clears throat> but I, you know, there is a part of me, and I hate to like always harp on this, that does blame social media for that. Yeah, because those adult problems, those real world problems, were still happening, but it wasn't in our face twenty four seven the way it is now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like your parents would turn on the news while you were having dinner. So for that like hour, you got some bad news. And then the whole rest of your day, like you didn't even think about it. But now we spend six hours a day on our phones. And it's like every fourth post that you're scrolling on Instagram is like, "Mm, such and such got shot up for, you know what I mean? Like, and I try to stay off. Like besides like work stuff, I try to stay off social media as much as I can. Just so I'm not like reminded of that. Stuff. I wish I could say that I do the same, but I'll be the first to admit that I don't. Um, it's, it's an escape for me, though. It's definitely escapism, and I'm not too proud to admit that. That when when life seems to be, and, and that's the that's the irony of it. Okay, mm-hmm. is that when I'm trying to avoid life. I'll get on social media, but then I'm doom scrolling and I'm just getting a bunch of bad news and I'm getting more life, you know, but I don't know, maybe, maybe that helps me focus on the problems that someone else is having instead of the problems that I'm having, you know what I'm saying? So maybe there's some sort of justification or something like that. But then you also have to wonder like, is doom scrolling feeding the problems that you're having in your own personal life yeah you know like if you could disconnect from that aspect of life and not hear all the bad news all the time would you in turn be happier and less depressed and less anxious and stuff like that i'd have to think so yeah and i think one of the problems is we don't ask that ourselves enough you know i think i think i mean i think it's an addiction and the real yeah. problem that we have is is we are addicted. Mm-hmm. Like admitting that, you know, cause it's, it's not as easy as just, oh, just don't go on social media. Yeah. Like you literally have to break an addiction. Yeah. Go to the, go to the bathroom. Next time, next time anybody listening to this has to go poop. Leave your phone out of the room. You know, you're either going to be rushing through that poop because you don't know what to do with yourself. You physically have no clue what to do on the toilet without your phone. Or you're gonna, like there's there's a scientific documentation that show that people literally go through withdrawals when they are forced to be away from their phone, away from social media, whatever their like active mm-hmm. internet-based addiction is. They go through like actual legitimate withdrawal symptoms. That's nuts. Yeah. Like for for example, I can't take a shower without my phone playing music. Really? Yeah, I think when I was able, because it started pretty young when I got like my first like iPhone. Okay. And I was able to get like Spotify and stuff. That I was always taking it in the bathroom with me because I just hate like showering and like silence. So this That's goes weird. back. It goes back a while. This goes back probably fifteen episodes to when I called you out. <laughs> For being speakerphone music guy. And you denied it. Up and down. I'm not doing it in public, though. You're speakerphone music guy. In the bathroom, yes. Oh, man. I just don't understand your generation. 
I can't speak for all of us. I had a, a listener uh-huh. uh, DM the podcast. Uh-huh. I posted a picture of the new camera setup and the new setup where we're at right now, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody messaged the podcast and was like, damn, this looks so good. I think I'm actually going to watch it instead of listen to it this time. And I was like, yo, I appreciate the support. Like, even if you do just listen, like, we really appreciate anything, you know? And um, they responded by saying, like, well, you know, I actually love y'all's content. It's good, good distraction. Nate does make me feel old sometimes, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I agree 100%. Man. I wonder what makes what I give off that makes them feel so old. Your speakerphone music guy. That's not it. That that's part of it. Because that, that that's encompassing a, a larger generational gap. Because I come from a generation where we did not have phones that played music that we could set up in the bathroom. Bro, so I learned my whole life, all the way up through high school, how to shower without music. And now you're telling me that you physically can't shower without music. I mean I can, but I don't want to. That's weird. And I just don't even care that much about music. There's nothing I, I want to hear. Like the thing is that's that's the thing. That's why I that's why I started a podcast, okay? Because I don't listen to music in my vehicle. I listen to podcasts, I listen to audiobooks. That's the type of content I like to consume because I realized years ago that I'm just listening to the same crap I've been listening to. I've heard this song a thousand times, you know? Like, it's not adding any value to my life. Man. How many times can you listen to Tank Off Your Pants and Jacket? How many times can you listen to Blink-182 and don't even act like that's not what you're listening to? That's not what I was listening to this morning, to be honest. What was it? Was it pop punk? Uh, No, it was actually was that it metal? play. No. It was actually that playlist you asked me about the other day. Which playlist? The All Out 90s. 90s. Listen, I'm with that. I love the 90s music, but that's still <laughs> my point. You're not listening to anything new. You're listening to the same songs you heard for the, the past other. 20 years. I still, it's more on like the drive home now, but I listen to see, a podcast on my way home, but it's like mm. 10 minutes and I get through like three episodes on the way home. Oh yeah, because you listen to like the one that's like little snippets. Yeah. Things like ten minute Bible talk. Yeah, I just I don't know. A music just does not do it for me because it's so passive. Because it's songs I've heard a hundred times. I'm not thinking about the song. I'm not singing along to the song. I'm not focusing on the song. My brain is somewhere else now. It's thinking about uh, house repairs and the IRS and this and that and this and that. Whereas if I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook, I'm forced to like actually pay attention to what I'm listening to. It makes time go by faster. I feel like I'm learning something. I'm feeding my brain and I'm being distracted from the bullshit that I would be thinking about if I was just listening to music. Yeah, I get that, but I feel like you there's like two sides of me that's like on each <laughs> fence. You got two wolves in you. <laughs> One is my tummy aches, the other one's <laughs> my tummy not aching. See, I only have one wolf in me, and then I got that dog in me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there was a shirt I saw. It was like a rib cage, and it was like three pit bulls. <laughs> it's really it kind of tight, kind of yeah. hard. Um, um, but yeah. Ooh. What? We just synchronized thumbs. Oh. Did you hear that? 
you might have to replay it. I might have to watch it. It was like like tonally, uh, like cadence. They were like perfectly in sync. Like it did that thing where, you know, like if two people go like, all right, I want you to go, ooh, and I'm I'm gonna harmonize. Ooh, you can't do a falsetto. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Okay. Hold that note. See? All right, that was nice. That's what our ums did. On that note, we're overdue for <laughs> we're overdue for a break. We'll be right back. Wait, did you have something to say before I go to break? I don't want to cut you off in the middle of the thought. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I was going to elaborate on is like, there's times where I want to listen to music where I'm just like thinking about stuff I need to get done or like any stuff I should like reflect on. But there's also times where I don't want to do that. And I want to listen to something like a podcast or like, yeah, I don't know. There's just like torn between the two because if I'm in a, if I'm in an activity where I can be doing active listening, then that's what I want to do. Like a podcast, something like that. And if I'm in an activity where I can't do that, then I also can't listen to music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let's say I'm editing our podcast. Okay. I'm not going to be listening to a podcast while I'm trying to edit our podcast too. But I'm not going to listen to music either because have, I'm, I'm listening to the, our podcast. Do you have your TV on when you're doing that? No, typically not. And see, and that's the thing, you know, like if I'm in a position where I can have the TV on, then I'm probably not listening to a podcast then either because now I'm focusing on the TV, you know. So I'll do the TV like let's say because um, I have a desk set up in my living room. And let's say I'm like painting flash or something. Then I'll just have the TV on. I'll put on some weird YouTube documentary or a podcast on, on no, the you TV. You're going to put on cops. I Yeah, <laughs> put on cops for sure. But I can listen to cops and be entertained by it. I don't have to like watch it, you know. What about eating with the TV off? Eating with the TV off? Yeah, that's a struggle for me. But not not really because Shelby's really big on eating at the dining room table like old school family at the table, not like at the coffee yeah. table watching TV. You know yeah. what I mean? Typically my default, like if I'm cooking dinner is I just like serve it on the coffee table. But like if she cooks, then she'll turn the TV off, turn on the dining room light and we all eat at the dinner table. I feel like when I don't have the TV on, it makes the food taste better. Really? You think maybe it's just forcing you to focus on the food more? Yeah. You know, instead of focusing on something else caught myself there sorry well with that yawn I, I was about to sneeze boy oh you should have sneezed no dude it's like you just edged and then stopped it's like you made yourself stop having an orgasm no a sneeze don't nobody we had this talk before don't nobody ever steal that from me <laughs> okay if you, if i'm about to sneeze you need to stand back i'm gonna let it rip nobody take that from me are you at least covering your mouth or your nose though i do the the dab. You're at least covering. I do the dab, yeah. That shit annoys the fuck out of me. Well, I when have people to. people don't do that. Um, because I've spent the last 16 years doing tattoos. Usually yeah. I have gloves on. Yeah, that makes more sense. So I've learned to I, sneeze into like the crook of my arm because I can't use my hands to sneeze, yeah, yeah. you know? I don't know. I'm a, I'm a dabber. Like if I'm walking past somebody and somebody sneezes and like doesn't turn their head in the opposite direction or like anything to where it's like not in my direction, sure. I, get, I get annoyed. I'm a three sneezer every time. One, two, three. Every time. And it's annoying because I always get 
a God bless you on my first two. And then by the time I get to the third one, people are tired of saying bless you. Yeah. And I'm like, that was the important one. The first two were just loosening it up. It was like yesterday. You were sneezing on the couch, and I was like, you want more? Yeah. I, I got to the third one, and you were like, all right, there's enough. <laughs> like, God just stopped blessing me because I sneezed one extra time? I don't think that's how it works. You're right. We'll be right back. So, let's talk briefly, because I haven't done a ton of research. Okay. I've done a little bit of research. Let's talk about the Rainy Street Ripper. Oh. The one that's on. Apparently, now this is like an internet rumor. And that's the deal, right? Where this might not have a lot of, like, credence to back it up, okay? But apparently Austin may possibly have a serial killer on the loose. You heard about this? Yes. Okay. What are your thoughts? It's kind of nuts, honestly. Do you believe it? The amount of bodies they found in... uh... Was it Ladybird Lake? So, in the past two months, four bodies have turned up in Ladybird Lake. And in the past year, eight bodies total. So, it's a lot. The chief of police has come out and said, We have seen no evidence to imply that there's a serial killer on the loose. You know, like it's just a coincidence. Um, Literally, like, a block from Ladybird Lake is a strip of bars. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are attributing, well, the police are attributing these deaths to, like, suicides Mm -hmm. and, like, accidents from drunk people. Mm -hmm. But it is, like, uh, they're all, all, to my knowledge, they're all men. They're all around the same age, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, And so there's been enough similarities there's not a whole lot of similarities, but there's enough that like people on the internet are saying like, oh, Austin has a serial killer on the loose. They've The internet has dubbed it the Rainy Street Ripper because that's where Lady Bird Lake is and that's, that's where all these tough. deaths are happening. <clears throat> now, that is a really high number of deaths to all be happening at the same spot, mm-hmm. but... I think, hold on, <coughs> Ooh, had a little tickle. 
when we're introducing alcohol, yeah. open bodies of water, yeah. things like that. I mean, accidents do happen. And Austin has an insanely high population. That is true. Anytime you have that much population density, statistically, you are going to have more deaths. And it's going to look like people are dying left and right, mm-hmm. but they're not. There's just a lot of people in a small area and people are dying at what I think is probably still like an average rate, you know? Yeah. Like if you put more people in an area, you're going to have more crime. You're going to have more deaths. You're going to have more, more everything just because there's more people. So I don't necessarily think there's a serial killer on the loose, but I also don't want to like minimize the deaths and the similarities that have happened in these deaths. Because I will say, if it's a coincidence, it's a pretty big coincidence. Yeah. But that doesn't make it not a coincidence. People die. People drown. People die in bodies of water. People are probably more prone to drown when you're introducing things like alcohol and and partying, you know. So, is there a serial killer on the loose in Austin? Have they, they found the bodies, yeah. And did they rule them in drowning or was there like stab wounds or anything? See, and that's the thing that I don't know because one thing the police did come out and say is that they attribute suicide, but I cannot think if I was going to kill myself, that would be the absolute last way I would do it would be to go like try to drown in a lake. Yeah. You know, like that, that's a, that's a weird thing to me. You know, yeah, because even if you were doing that, I think like you not even thinking about it, like first response, would you you would try to like not drown and try to like swim up and everything? Well, yeah. yeah, that's the thing is like, it, can you drown yourself? You I don't know, think it, I don't know because I would have to think that your body's natural instinct mm-hmm. of like that fight or flight kicking in and mm-hmm. stuff like that when you when the drowning part actually starts that. You would almost, your body, even if mentally drowning is what you wanted to do, I almost feel like your body would force you to not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I guess the the only way I could see that being a thing is like if you know for a fact you can't swim and you're going to yeah. drown if you jump in the lake and then you choose to go jump in the lake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why I was asking if there was like stab wounds or anything, but yeah. I haven't read not too that much I've seen. into it. And that's what I was kind of saying was I haven't done a ton of research. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take obviously this whole conversation with a grain of salt because uh, I haven't really dug into like what the Internet's saying. But I also understand what the Internet is as a place, like as a collective of human consciousness. It's always looking for a conspiracy or a good story or something like yeah. that, you know? So because the investigators are saying like, look, we have zero evidence that this is a serial killer and the internet saying like, oh, but it is, uh, kind of makes me think like it, this is more of an internet thing than a reality thing. Yeah. But that's also like, I don't want to be disingenuous and pretend like cops and investigators don't get this shit wrong like all the time, mm-hmm. you know? There could very well be a rainy street ripper and and i mean for all we know like they have evidence to prove that there is but they're like uh we don't want to like 
cause a panic. We don't want this and that. So we need to keep this under wraps while we gather evidence because once something goes out like that to the public, like they they choose when they're going to release information based on what's going to benefit or hurt the investigation. So if they've determined that like them coming out and saying like, okay, look, maybe we do have a serial killer would hurt the investigation. Then that's information they're going to sit on for as long as they can. Yeah. Until they get to a point where they think like, oh, okay, it might actually help us to put this information out there. Do they ever release like autopsy reports if it's somebody of not like a social status? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Uh, I, I think that from my understanding, that stuff is public. Record, I would assume so. Unless um, it will hinder or impede the investigation. Then that okay. might be something they sit on for a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Oop. <laughs> forgot that was there yeah this totally real plant (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a tough one so um austin might have a serious but here's the thing okay we'll we'll wait for the netflix austin's a major city austin's a major city (laughs) yeah okay and there's something i would have to look up the statistic i don't remember it right off the top of my head but there's a statistic from the fbi that says like at any given time there are like it's a it's a crazy high number. It's like five hundred or something. Like active serial killers happening, okay. So, with that statistic in mind, and we think about what's considered a major city in America, you know what I mean? Population density, like Austin's got to be super high on that list. It has to be. It has to be. So even if the Rainy Street Ripper isn't fake or isn't real, it's fake. It's internet sensationalism. I still have to think there's probably an active serial killer somewhere in austin it might not have anything to do with ladybird lake or rady street but i have to just assume that every major city probably has at least one yeah and because that's the thing bodies turn up dead all the time Mm -hmm. the only serial killers that get caught and labeled serial killers are the ones where the mo the way they kill and the evidence they leave behind is identical it's linked right Mm -hmm. but if Dude stabs a guy, throws him in Ladybird Lake. Okay. Month later, he grabs another guy, drowns him in Ladybird Lake. <clears throat> Month later, shoots the dude in the head, drops the body in Ladybird Lake. Month later, cuts his arm off, and throws him in. You know what I mean? Yeah. None of those are going to be linked together. True. Because the MO isn't the same. Yeah. And it could be a serial killer out there, just like, man, if I just change the way I do this every time, you know? Yeah. Then they're not going to link it. I can see that. And if you, let's say you were to target a drunk guy, Mm. right? You go to the bar, you find your target, you wait for him to leave the bar. He's leaving alone. You already knew that he showed up alone, blah, blah, blah. You could go drown that dude in the lake. All they're going to see is like, oh, his toxicology report said that there was a lot of alcohol in his system and his body was in the lake. The the only conclusion they're going to draw is like he got drunk and drowned, you know? So, like, I, I I tattoo, I haven't tattooed him in forever, but uh, there's a detective for KPD, Killing Police Department, that I used to tattoo. And I asked him what the solved crime rate is. Like, what, what are the crime statistics for killing? And he said, honestly, um, 3%. 3% of killing crimes get solved. That's so a ninety-seven percent. Like, what Austin is like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like how much stuff <laughs> is happening right here in our own town that yeah. isn't making news and doesn't get solved. You know, 
I feel like the law wants us to believe that it is easier to get caught for a murder than it actually is. I think it's actually probably a lot harder to get caught without physical evidence that backs up like witness testimony. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think in a city as population dense as Austin, and now we're talking an area with no surveillance or anything like that, Mm -hmm. a lake, you know what I mean? They don't have cameras on a lake, you know? Yeah. I think it would actually be pretty easy to get away with murder, at least for a long time. Like the investigation process takes yeah. months, years, and that's assuming it doesn't go to a cold case, you know? Yeah. Or and then litigation likes- has to happen. And that's the thing is you can't be tried. The double jeopardy law says you cannot be tried for the same crime twice. Mm-hmm. So they, even if they know who the killer is, let's say hypothetically there's a killer, they know who it is. If they don't have enough evidence that they know they're going to be able to prosecute that person, they're not going to take them to court yet. Because if they try to take them to court and the evidence doesn't hold up and that person gets away with it, they can't come back a year later and say like, oh, we, we found more evidence. We're going to try you for that same murder again. That person's already been cleared by the court. You're not guilty of that murder. Any evidence that comes out from that point forward, to my understanding, no longer matters because they've already been cleared of that murder. Now, you can try them for a different murder, but you cannot go back and retry them for the same murder, regardless of what new evidence comes out. Like I said, I might be wrong on that, but that's my understanding of double jeopardy. So I think that's why this crap takes so long to get figured out. You know, because if they even kind of have evidence but they know like this evidence is 50 50 it doesn't make him look good but it doesn't prove anything either they're not going to take you to court on that they need like the smoking gun like we found a bloody knife in this dude's laundry and the dna matched the dead body like they need like hardcore evidence otherwise they're wasting court time and they're increasing the odds that they are going to let a murderer go free because it makes sense you know I'm trying to think of like all like the, not lifetime, but there'd be like uh, 60 minutes or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. The little TV documentaries. Yeah, where they try somebody and then uh, like some evidence, some other evidence comes out and then they trial them for something that's now, like a little bit if different. if other evidence comes out while the trial is still happening, that's different. Mm. But okay, once, that the, once the like, like the, the ruling comes the out. The ruling comes out like not guilty of murder. You know, Nathan is not guilty of murdering Josh. They can no longer go back and take you back to court for murdering Josh. They would have to try to hit you for something else. You know, even if evidence came out that you did it, you know, and I feel like that's why like OJ, right? (laughs) OJ Simpson, like he almost like makes a joke these days about murdering his wife and the lawyer, you know? And I think that's because they can't try him for that again. They've already found him not guilty. You know? I don't even know. I wonder what would happen if he were to just come out and say, like, yeah, I killed her. If, like, that confession would be enough for them to, like, maybe does that change the rule well, where what, now they can try it again? I don't know. Because mm. then they would have to trial him again. True. Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I should probably do more research before I start talking about stuff. (laughs) Anyway, long story short, 
in the past year, eight bodies have showed up in the lake, four of them in the last two months. So, um, what's, what's your uh, take on it? You're saying, yeah, a ser- serial killer or no? I don't know, man. I don't Not know. Not enough evidence. <sighs> I don't know because they are happening in an area where there is a higher likelihood of bodies to show up. You have bars next to a lake that's a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the odds that all of these bodies are are coincidentally there are going to be higher. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, if all these bodies were showing up, you know, I, I don't know, in a completely different area with a completely different set of circumstances, I might be more likely to believe that there was a serial killer happening. Um, but then I'm also thinking about, did you ever watch, um, don't F with cats? No. Okay. So it's a documentary on Netflix. It's a couple years old now. This is like kind of old news, but it's a serial killer that went by the name of Luca Magnata. Okay. And he started off by recording himself, putting kittens in a vacuum bag and sucking all the air out and killing the kittens. Never showed his face, anything like that. Okay. Put it on the internet. Um, he sort of evolved into murdering a dude that like had come to hook up with him. Um, and I'm talking like cut him up, was eating parts of him, like messed up stuff like Jeffrey Dahmer and, and stuff. recording it and putting it on the internet. Yeah. Uh, the crux of the story though, which what, what makes this story so crazy is that the way he got caught was by a bunch of people on the internet getting together and being like, we need to catch this guy. And that's why it's called don't F with cats because the reason they started investigating him in the first place was was the cat cat video. Um, and they went as far as to like, they were tracking, tracking like flight patterns. They were looking at reflections in windows and all this. And they tracked down who he was, where he lived, everything. And it was just random people with too much time on their hands on the internet, looking at Google street views and all this other stuff. And they, they literally caught this dude. You know what I mean? So there is a basis, and where I'm going with that is to say that sometimes the internet figures out stuff Mm -hmm. that investigators, professionals, people whose whole job is to solve crime can't figure out. Sometimes some soccer moms that are stay-at-home moms that spend too much time on the internet can get together and like solve a big crime. So it's possible that the internet is drawing connections between these deaths that the cops haven't seen yet. Now, I'm not going to say that I for sure think there's a serial killer in Austin because I do think that's a good story and people yeah, are really drawn to that. Yeah. Yeah. People are really drawn to a good story, you know? Yeah. I can see that. I'd say it's about like 60, 40. There not being one to there being one. Yeah. I think there is a serial killer in Austin. Now, I don't know that the Rainy Street Ripper is the serial killer. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It probably is. There's probably one out there that, again, a few deaths just haven't been linked yet. People mm-hmm. don't even realize they were the deaths of a serial killer, you know? Mm-hmm. I, if I wanted to be a serial killer, <clears throat> I could go down Rancier and drive by shoot people. They would just assume it was gang activity because that's really high in that area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how long would it take for them to even link those deaths before they realize, like, oh, this actually isn't a gang hit? 
They would just assume that, right? Yeah. The same way a bunch of bodies turn, turn up dead in Lady Bird Lake right next to a bunch of bars, it's really easy for them to assume, like, oh, these dudes got drunk and drowned, you know? Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see. And maybe we never will. I, I would like to know. If there's, if there's that high of a number of active serial killers at any one time in America, then how many... Like, what's the percentage of serial killers that just never get caught? Mm. You know? Yeah. Because if you think about it, the ones we hear about, we what only hear about because they, they got caught. caught. Yeah. yeah. How many deaths out there just nobody ever saw? Because even if you watch those serial killer documentaries, there's always this aha moment where some investigator hears something on the radio or drives by a billboard or something where they're like, oh, these are linked. Oh, we figured this out. Yeah. But like without that complete like random encounter, they they don't even link these two deaths. Mm-hmm. They don't even realize the same person killed these two people. You know what I mean? So how many deaths are going on out there where we just never realized? And because the only serial killers that get caught are the ones that are like doing it the same way every time, you know? Mm. I would what would like be the percentage you would put on that like <sighs> that compared if, to well think about caught it. And it, being if caught. a serial killer gets caught that's going to make national headlines and mm-hmm. it does every time it happens it makes national news right it happens every few years or so somebody gets caught but if there's 500 active at any one time and we hear about one every few years then that like 99.4% of them Never get caught. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to put a, yeah, a number you know? on that. Yeah, so I mean, and I, whenever we take a break, I'll try to look up that statistic. Um, it may not be 500, but I remember it being like a, a, a three-digit number, you know? Did they ever catch the Zodiac Killer? No. That's nuts. No. I mean, they, they caught a, who was it they caught? This uh, Strangler, I can't remember. It the just Scranton happened. Strangler? <laughs> <laughs> it just happened a few years ago and the way they caught him was dumb they had the serial killer's dna on file but they did not have a human being to link that dna to okay mm-hmm. the killer's sibling i think it was his brother cousin something like that we're talking 20 plus years later did like an ancestry thing where they sent their dna in and the DNA yeah, came up as a match for the DNA that they had on file for whoever the serial killer was. So they go to that guy and be like, you know, the DNA is showing us that it's like your brother, your your relative, somebody you're related to. And that's how they catch the serial killer. And we're talking decades later. It is crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's what I'm saying. It, all that dude does is not send his DNA off. That serial killer still never gets caught. Like, it's almost like it's a, when, uh, who was it? Um, was it, uh, Ted Bundy, I think they caught because like his tail light was out. It might've been Bundy. It was one of the, one of those dudes, but literally like he gets pulled over with a busted tail light. That's how they catch him. Like it's like chance. It's dumb chance. You know, yeah. it's not like hardcore police work brought him down. It was literally like the dude's brother who doesn't know his brother is a serial killer sends his DNA off to 23 and me or whatever. That's nuts. And that's why I say like, I wonder if it's a lot easier to get away with murder than it's almost like the TV shows, cops, CSI, all that kind of stuff almost just exists to like, almost like it's a propaganda, you know, like to brainwash us into thinking like, 
I, I better follow the law because they catch everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. But if we look at the statistics, it's like I actually have a statistically higher chance of getting away with it than of getting caught, which is nuts, you know? What about who was who was like the last like major headlining serial killer? That one I was just talking about was a big deal in the in the news. I think it was the Boston Strangler. I don't know why that stuck in my head, but I think that's who it was. Um, I, somebody, please correct me if I'm wrong. But that was the last one that stuck in my head that made like national news. But that was because it was like a cold case that came, well, like came they back. made like a movie about them or something. That's how I would see it. Like if they're like big names. I don't know because they always just I, I was retell thinking, the same stories. It's yeah. always Dahmer or Gacy or you well, know. I was thinking it was oh, what's that movie Monster with Eileen Warnos? Yeah, the female. Yeah. yeah, but even that that movie came out like 15, 20 years ago. Now, yeah, but you know when did that happen? Was it in the nineties or the eighties? I think it was. I think it was in the nineties. I think it was the nineties, and she was a that's the last prostitute. Yeah, like, but like on the road, mm-hmm. you know. They just came out with that documentary about Kai, K A I, straight out of Dogtown. Oh, the hatchet the, one. The hatchet one. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I never finished that one. But I mean, he wasn't a serial killer, yeah. was he? Because did he do multiple murders? I know <sighs> the one that he got famous for. They actually deemed it that he was like defending that woman when he smacked that dude with the hatchet. Yeah, but then. They found out later that he was on the run because he had killed somebody else or something like that. I, I didn't even watch the documentary, and I'm trying to remember the story from like when that video went viral like ten years ago. Yeah, and he was like on like the Tonight Show. Or yeah, something. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but anyway, it's been a bit but that's my point. Is this doesn't happen super often? Um, let's see. I remember. I would have maybe been in high school, and it was like a black dude and his son were like in the trunk of their car and like putting a rifle out of the taillight mm-hmm. and like shooting people in public. And then they would just I like, never heard of that. yeah, you never heard of that. Mm-mm. It was the, the, wherever they're from, the something, something sniper was it, but it was like a serial killer. It went on for a few weeks, made national news. It was a big deal um, because they would pull up, not even get out of a car. So it took like, multiple deaths before people even linked that like oh we see the same car in this security cam footage Mm -hmm. because basically one would be in the trunk Mm -hmm. the other one would just drive up park they'd pop the taillight out stick the gun out shoot somebody and then just drive off they never even left the car and it took forever like multiple people that was it the dc sniper or something like that uh Yep, DC sniper attacks. Uh, yep, it was DC. Dang. October 2002. Coordinated shootings that occurred during three weeks in October 2002. So I was like seven. There was, in three weeks, 15, 15 people shot. Dang. Yeah. So that means like every other day they were going out and shooting somebody. And it was like national news. And DC was like under attack and they were freaking out and everybody was like, stay indoors. Don't go anywhere that you don't know, blah, 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 blah. You know? And then finally after multiple shootings, they were like, Oh, we figured out this car. So now everybody needs to be on the lookout for the car. And that was eventually how they caught him was for the car. But it was like a father and his son 
just like sniping people in DC. That's crazy. Crazy, right? But they got they killed fifteen people before they got caught, and that was just in a three week period. We have eight bodies in Austin over the course of a full year. Those are like far enough apart yeah, that they could not even be. be getting linked. You know, yeah. it's hard to say. It's hard to say, and I don't think we'll. I don't want to say we'll never know, but, but it might be a while. Well, and if there is no serial killer, then we'll ne- we will never know. The official story will just be like the deaths are unrelated, you know? And if they can't find a link between the deaths, even if there is a serial killer, there's still a chance we'll never know because he has a 99% chance of not getting caught according to like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, let me look that up while I got my phone out. How many active serial killers? Um... Okay, how many active serial killers are in the U.S. at any given time? Uh, Serial killers are those who kill more than two people with a period of time in between the murders. According to the FBI, less than 1% of all murders are done by serial killers. I still feel like that's a really high number, even if it's just 1%. Yeah, you gotta think of how many people live in the United States. Um... Okay, see, what I had read before was much higher than this, but I still feel like this is very high. Uh, According to Scientific American, there are between 25 and 50 serial killers who are active in the United States at any given time. Serial and active means that they're still actively killing, you know. Serial killers account for only about 150 murderers in the U.S. per year. That's crazy, though. It says only about 150. That's a really high number of serial killer murders to be happening for us to not even be hearing about it. Yeah. Especially if you count that for every day. Yeah. And we hear about a serial killer once every few years. Yeah. You know? Which like kind of just goes... get caught. Yeah. Well, that goes to show you. If there's no evidence or anything like that, then there's no story. So we don't even get to hear about it. Because they're not catching these people. They're not even getting close, you know? I don't know. Anyway, I wanted to talk about the Rainy Street Ripper. Um, It's break time. I'm going to say not a serial killer. Okay. I'm going to say probably also I would say not a serial killer. But that's also like... But if it escalates here in the next well, couple of weeks or months? It's also because maybe. I've been sort of trained to not believe what I read on the internet. So because the internet is what's saying serial killer and not anyone that's actually involved in the case or the investigation, that kind of like gives me like, eh, like people are memeing it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, we'll be right back. Hey, Josh here. Just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying the Iron Right Tattoo podcast, it really helps us to beat the algorithm with likes, comments, and shares. If you haven't subscribed already, please do that, and don't forget to hit that bell. And if you haven't already done so, please leave us a review. Thanks.
Okay. <clears throat> For the first time in a while, uh, we actually have some questions because I remember to put out a question card like ahead of time, mm-hmm. you know, which is cool. I feel like I did the thing today, you know? Did the thing. Um, They're not good questions, Oh, but we have some. Man, I don't know if you should have said that. Jeremy uh, asked, I'm thinking of getting a unicycle or a trombone. Which one should I get? Uh, I'd say a unicycle. I would also say a unicycle because I feel like a trombone, it would be obnoxious and loud and there's no practical use for it unless you also plan on joining a brass band. Is there a practical use for a unicycle? No, but at least you're not annoying everyone around you. Good point. You know, if you're just in your driveway, like trying to learn how to trombone do it. is the speakerphone of musical instruments. Uh, that's the that one. Yeah, but it's the equivalent like, to like speakerphone guy, fat guy walking music. Mm. I think it's like an old Family Guy. Thing. I, I never found uh, that uh, funny. Uh, you know, yeah, that thing. Never yeah. found it funny. I agree, but that's what a trombone is. Uh, favorite movies that were made. Before you were born. Ooh. I already know your answer. What's my answer? Predator. No. No? No. Uh, I think you're lying. I don't think it's my favorite. I don't think I have a favorite movie of all time. No, that I have favorite. You just said movies. favorite movie that was made before you were born. There's a lot. And I think it said movies. So, you know. There's a lot. You could just list a couple. Just a couple? <laughs> There's a couple. See, I was born in 86. I was born in eighty six, so that's actually a little harder for me because uh, a lot of my favorite movies were like in my lifetime. So mm-hmm. I would say Willy Star Wonka Wars. Did, oh, okay. that was seventy seven. You don't like Willy Wonka? I say Star Wars trilogy. All those are pre eighty six. Are they? Yeah, it was like seventy seven, seventy nine, something like that. Uh, time out. We have a visitor. Be right back. <laughs> okay. Small intermission. We're back. No, no ad break noise or anything like that. So that was a big intermission for us, but hopefully it's completely non-disruptive to the listeners. Need a break from the ads? <laughs> um, where did I have those questions at? Oh, the movies. Movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I'd say Star Wars. Star Wars. It's the most obvious answer, but I mean. Most of the stuff I life like was more in my childhood. Like yeah. I was already alive. Well, for like it. Return of the Jedi came out early eighties, right before eighty six. That's what I'm thinking, like eighty three or eighty four. Yeah. So I think like the whole that trilogy would count. Yeah. And that's your favorite one. Yeah. yeah, Return of the Jedi is of the of the OG trilogy for yeah. sure. Um, um did you did you answer? No, I didn't. Because you were born later than me, so there's yeah. a lot more movies that were pre I'm going to say... When were you born? 95. 95. Right in the middle. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, Independence Day, Jurassic Park, all those like came out around the time you were born. I'm like trying to say an answer that people wouldn't expect. What about the fifth element? When was that? I think that was 94. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. That one's tight. Starship Troopers is before 95, I think. Really? I think it's 94. Man, it's crazy how good that movie still looks for like yeah. when it came out. It's a uh, Paul Verhoeven. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just gonna say uh, Terminator Two. Couldn't think of anything else. 
Uh, we also got another question from uh, Jeff Story. Okay. What are three movies you'd recommend? Ooh. Okay. That I'd recommend. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd say, like, I guess, like, movies that you'd recommend to someone who's never seen them. Like, oh, you got to see that movie. That's how, you know, kind of how I take it. You want to go first? Uh, I'm going to say, obviously, Interstellar. Okay. I think No Country for Old Men is definitely high on that list for me of movies that you should see if you haven't already seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. That's a tough one. I'm trying to think of ones that like a lot of people I haven't seen. That's yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. Uh, one dramatic one I can think of, <clears throat> a Marriage Story. I think it was on Netflix. I haven't even seen that one yet. The that, Adam Driver one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Is that the movie where he yells the N word? No, that's what is uh, that? That's Black Klansman. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I've only ever seen that clip, and it seemed very dramatic, but that's like a comedy movie, right? No, it's a drama. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had no clue. I thought it was like a comedy. No, it was a drama. Um, I would also recommend... <clears throat> Man. What is the name of that movie? Tell me about it. I'll tell you what it's called. What? curveball here all right hear me out okay <laughs> don't say okay like that you ready yeah all dogs go to heaven oh okay yep that's a curveball um <clears throat> i don't even know that i have a third one the one the one that i freak out when people haven't seen it is interstellar yeah i'm just like that. how how have you not seen that i think it's because you're so passionate about it man i love that movie I cry every time every single time mm. And I'm trying to think of like a mindless like entertainment. Well, one. see, and that's why I'm not going with something like Starship Troopers. Yeah, you know, even though that's very high on my list of favorite movies, it's not something that like you need to see. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to think of movies that like Wait, like might recommend. like leave like a lasting impact on your life. You know, and I think Interstellar can do that. Okay. Like I said, I think No Country for Old Men. I was thinking about that movie long after it was over. It was a great movie. Um, yeah, I don't know that I even have a third one. Uh, Four Brothers is another good one. Really? Yeah, have you seen that one? Mm-hmm. Andre 3000, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um, one more. I'm going to say Fast and Furious because- <laughs> All of them? Well, yeah, because it's going to make you value family <laughs> that much more, you know? Oh, man. One more. Okay. The Other Guys. Yeah, I'm, your recommendations are they're not gonna change somebody's life. I think you know? that's an underrated. It did just movie. say recommend though, so yeah. sure. <clears throat> if, underrated <clears throat> comedy is. Uh, I don't like that two of your three are Mark Wahlberg. Two of my four. Okay, he asked for three. Oh, I didn't remember that part. My God, I can't count. <sighs> What's a common myth about your job? What's a common myth about being counter help at a tattoo shop? Um, dang, what is a good myth for that? 
that it's easy. You just sit yeah. around and get free tats all day. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Yeah. That's um, a that's a good myth. That for it's it. like super easy. Yeah. That you just like Granted sit. there are some days that are easier than others, but Yeah, but even like on those days you're cleaning the shop because on the other days you're on the phone all day and you don't have time to clean the shop. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like you never really aren't doing something. Yeah. So yeah, I think it I think counter help at a tattoo shop. Or, is a much more demanding job than people would expect it to be. Or the fact that there's like TVs and like arcade games that I just do that all day. No. Yeah, no. No, you actually would get in trouble if you did that. Yeah. So <laughs> I get sent to the back room. <clears throat> what are some common myths about being a tattoo artist? Um probably that it's anything like what you see on TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna say that. Like yeah. I don't I don't party uh i don't drink i don't live like this lavish rock star lifestyle i'm mm-hmm. just a family guy that wants to go home and veg out you know what i mean um tap out sessions tap out sessions i would say uh all shops uh do piercings not every tattoo is like this uh needs to be even this like monumental life-changing decision like Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to have a sob story behind it and all that kind of stuff you know that's like tv stuff not every tattoo has to have a meaning at all yeah yeah um tattooers or tattoos are are significantly more difficult than they look uh and even if you're like a good artist on paper that doesn't really translate super well to tattooing. Obviously that's like a foundation. It's a basis for it. If you can't draw, you probably shouldn't be tattooing. But, uh, even if you're really good at drawing, it's still like, it's a whole different tool, a whole different canvas. Like the, yeah. Different instruments. The medium is, is totally different. Yeah. You know, and there's a deep learning curve for that. Yeah. I can pick up any pencil and it's going to operate like a pencil. But even if I buy a new tattoo machine, that's the same type of machine, like a coil machine. And it's even from a machine builder that I've bought from before. Like that tattoo machine is still going to have its own learning yeah. curve. Cause there's going to be like what, even like the most minuscule difference. Mm-hmm. Can the stroke might make be a, different. Make a huge and then difference. I might be really proficient with that tattoo machine, but then somebody comes in and their skin is yeah not cooperative or maybe it's too old or maybe it's too tough or something like that now i have to completely i have to know my material my equipment and i have to know skin like biology anatomy well enough to know what adjustments i can make on the fly that i'm not gonna damage the tattoo you know that's one um well the way i would word it is that there's a lot of science yeah and people don't think about that absolutely i think you need to know basic like biology and stuff to to, just just to perform well you need to know how many layers of skin there are how your needle depth is going to affect those layers of skin that Mm -hmm. different layers of skin at different depths hold ink differently and that's where you get fallout that's where you get blowout you know um there's a ton that goes into being a tattoo. Anybody can put ink in skin, but like making it look good, making it heal well. And, and doing it correctly. It, yeah. 
be something that they're still going to be stoked on 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Uh, I think that's that's the, the misconception part because mm-hmm. everyone and their mom knows they can just go on Amazon or eBay and buy a tattoo gun, as they would refer yeah, to it, you know? there's Because, like, oh, I used to draw in middle school, so I can be a tattooer. And I want that rock star lifestyle that TV shows me. So, you know? Yeah. I think people. It's like another thing. People too. want like the status of being a tattooer, but people don't want to put in the work. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't. There's no room for weekend warriors in tattooing. It's mm-hmm. it's not a job. It has to be a completely all encompassing lifestyle. Yeah. And I think most people. Most people don't have the dedication to be a good tattooer. Yeah, and they don't know, like, all of that that goes into that, right? Like, the history and, like, why things are done a certain way and, you know. Well, and and that that comes with dedicating your life to it. Yeah. Learning your history. Learning why that clunky, like, simple child drawing from what, the average person would look at is actually like a perfect tattoo and why that's 10 times cooler than, you know, whatever's popular on the internet at the time. You know what I mean? Because you have to, like, you know, you ask a filmmaker, right? You see these interviews all the time where they're talking about like, you know, oh, who influenced you? What kind of movies do you look at? Blah, blah, blah. Almost always it's like some old dusty movie that nobody's ever heard of, mm-hmm. or it's like citizen Kane, you know, or something like that where you Castle watch Blanca. it and you're like, that's so boring. Like yeah. why? Of course they would say that, but it's because they're seeing something you're not, you know, yeah. they're seeing like the history behind the filmmaking, how that pushed the filmmaking industry forward, how that mm-hmm. changed things. You know what I'm saying? Tattooing is very much the same way. Uh, flashy doesn't mean good. No something that's going to age well and always be cool is a good tattoo. Mm -hmm. That's where I'll leave that. (laughs) I think that's good. Yeah. It's a good answer. Uh, (laughs) Duper wrote me some questions, but they're like troll questions that I can't even read on the air. Oh man. Yeah. I remember the last (laughs) one he sent me. How many times do you masturbate at Josh's station? Uh, Five days a week from two to nine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i can't read that <laughs> Dang. we're just gonna we're gonna leave that way <laughs> he's just being a silly goose this chocolate morning. chocolate chip yeah he's feeling like a silly goose uh you got anything else uh i have sign some questions actually, oh yeah, yeah yeah give me your questions we got like 10 minutes before we hit an hour i didn't get any questions but i have questions to ask okay the audience cool three they're, they're not exactly. gonna be able to answer well, they on can, this episode. Well, they can either write them right, in, right in or okay. comment. Yeah, and then we can touch on them next time. Yeah. Also, I meant what I said at the beginning of this episode. Send me some jokes, like some heaters. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll pick one every week. I'll credit whoever wrote it in, and we'll, we'll, that's how we'll start the episode. That'd be nice. Tight. All right, what are your questions for the audience? Um, they're pretty, pretty simple, but uh, could be either answered... Simply or elaborate. Okay. What makes you happy? Would the younger you be proud of you now? And do you think it's a carrot? <laughs> you 
started off so strong. <laughs> you started off so strong. Scratch that last one. Would you like to answer those questions? Yeah. Which one do you want me to start with? All except for number three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll replace the third one with um, what's one thing you look forward to every day? Whether it be. Okay. The- so are you happy? Yes. Would your younger self be proud of you? And what's one thing you look forward to every day? I'll start with the last one. One thing I look forward to every day is if it's a work day, coming to work, or if it's an, well, literally every day would be yeah, anytime yeah. I get to see my son. Sure. Hang out with him. Sure. Absolutely. Um, would younger me be proud of me now? I would say yes. But when I was younger, I did want to be a rock star. Sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, me too. We were in bands and yeah, stuff, yeah. so that makes sense. But yeah. That was like always like a dream of mine. <sighs> Never wanted to be like an astronaut or anything. And you can literally go back and listen to episode zero zero one, which is where yeah. we talked about the yeah, bands yeah. we were in. So if anybody has not been with us since the beginning and you want to hear all about our musical history, go check out episode one. And then uh, question one, yes, I am happy. Tight. But I am hungry. At this moment. I'm starving, yeah. Uh, my question one, am I happy? I I try to be every day. I'm not happy every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. I think that would be disingenuous um, to say. But I will say that happiness is my constant pursuit. So even in the moments where I'm not happy, I am desperately trying to figure out how to be happy. And I think maybe that's all life is. Yeah. You know? I mean, honestly, that's literally all life is. Every decision we make is in an attempt to be happy with where we're at. You can also lead that into finding like the goodness and like everything and everyone. Sure, sure. So I'll say I'm not necessarily happy all the time, but I am always trying to be happy. I'm striving for happiness. I'm not content with, I'm not content with being emotionally stagnant you know i don't want to stay stuck in an unhappy state and that's not to that's not to imply that i am unhappy right now but i feel like uh i feel like we could always be a little happier yeah that is true you gotta have that balance yeah so I don't think you could be i don't think anybody could be truly happy all the time yeah and i can't think of a single moment where I'm 100% happy, where I don't yeah. have some little tickle in the back of yeah. my brain that's reminding me of that thing that I put off yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? So majority I, of the I time. I would say I'm happy with who I am as a man, as a husband and a father. That doesn't mean I couldn't be better. True. But I am happy with where I'm at with that. And I'm happy that... I want to be better. 
I'm, I'm happy that I'm in a position where I can recognize my faults and I can recognize how I can be better because I think people that are happy with exactly who they are and where they're at and, and see no need for improvement. Um, I don't know that I would say that they aren't truly happy, but I would say that I, I think, I don't know. I don't really know how to say what I'm trying to say. You should always have that, not uh, always have a desire to improve. Yeah. Whether it be like anything that you're doing or just being a human being. Sure. Sure. But I also, I don't know. I'm torn on this one because I also feel like you will never be happy unless you can tr figure out how to be happy where you're at. That's a good point. If you're maybe, you know, at a job you don't super love or, um, at a house you don't super love or at a relationship that's a little bit rocky. If you can't figure out how to be happy in those scenarios, then you're not going to be happy once you get those other things, because that's just going to lead to wanting the next thing and wanting the next thing and wanting the next yeah. thing instead of just being like, I'm actually happy with what I have. Yeah. But still also wanting to strive to improve. It's yeah. a weird limbo. It goes back to the it's a weird limbo that I made earlier, trying to find like the good in things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So what about Lil Josh? What would he think? I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's a struggle for me. I don't actually know. I think Proud is a hard word for me to wrap my head around. I think a younger version of me would look at my life and be excited. You know, yeah, I guess that would make more like, sense. You <clears throat> cool? We're a tattooer. Cool. We're married. You have a kid. Mm -hmm. Like you have a house. That's exciting. I'm excited about those. But I don't actually know how to make the younger version of myself proud. Um, but I can also like lead back to the always strive for greater you know sure because i think I, the younger version of myself would be more interested at least i hope but maybe in like how i parent mm -hmm. how i treat the people around me and that, and that might i mean it sounds kind of like a like a cop out but when i'm thinking about the older version of myself today when who I am today becomes the younger version. I think those are the things that I would like to see. I'd like to see myself continuing to be a good husband and father, but being a better husband and father. Yeah. I'd like to see myself being a better business owner and being a more uh, reliable, more honest, things like that. You know, I think like that's what would make me looking at myself in the future proud, <clears throat> which is such a hard concept to wrap my head around because that makes me think, why aren't you doing that now? You know, because the, the idea that I could be a better husband and father than I already am would imply that like, why aren't you being a better husband and father now then? Like, if there's room for improvement, then why aren't you improving now? And so that's kind of, that's difficult for me. 
that's like kind of a realization that I don't think I was ready to have on a Monday morning. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I think the way I look at it is um, the fact that like, I know when I was younger, I'd be like, okay, where do I see myself in like 10 years or so? Like not so much so deep, but like, and see, that's where am my, I going to be? That's my problem. You know? My brain, too deep about my brain it. only works deep. Yeah. And maybe maybe a large part of that is because I already have everything I've ever wanted. I have a son. I have a wife. Mm. I have a business. I'm a tattooer. You know? So what do you strive for when you have everything you wanted? Like, what's next? And the, and the only real answer is to be better at all of those things that you yeah. have. And so it's like, if I can, okay, so if I can be better, then why aren't I? And that's like a, damn, maybe I need to go like sit by a creek and think about myself for a <laughs> minute. You know what I'm saying? It's tough. Yeah. And uh, I think I want to move on to the third <laughs> question. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> what was question three? Um, It wasn't the carrot thing no you replaced it with something else mm. dang what was it that's a good question dang yeah i don't know are you happy oh what's there? one thing you look forward to every day yeah um clocking out like this job's rad don't get me wrong but it's not until i get in my truck and I text my wife and say, I'm on my way. And I hit the road and start driving home that I feel like I can finally, like, exhale, you know? And yeah, like, like, relax. You know, like, cool. That's because Another day that... behind me, transitioning into home life, you know? Yeah. And I... Yeah, I just look forward to of being those, home. Those things are, like, the most important thing to you. you know? It is. It really is. Um, yeah, being home. I feel that. On that note. That's the last note. Peace. Later. <laughs>